Welcome to this year-hand episode of Refuge, the podcast, brought to you by the Jesuit Refugee Service Canada. My name is Yves Deschamps, and I will be happy to spend the next few minutes with you to give you an overview of the refugee situation here in Canada and around the world. Among the most important issues of the past year is, of course, the Afghanistan crisis. We are still waiting for the details of an Afghan refugee program. The federal government was still talking last week about its desire to welcome 40,000 refugees, but whether it is in Ottawa or Quebec, We are still waiting for the conditions that will allow us to welcome more refugees. Amnesty International, the Canadian Council of Churches, and the Canadian Council for Refugees, of which JRS Canada is a member, welcomed the Supreme Court of Canada's decision to review the constitutionality of the Safe Third Country Agreement. The December 16th decision follows a long line of legal challenges to the agreement, including a recent court ruling in July of 2020 that the agreement violated the basic human rights of refugee claimants and was therefore unconstitutional. The Federal Court of Appeals overturned that decision last April not on substantive grounds, but because of the way the arguments were framed. For refugee advocates, there is ample evidence that the U.S. is not safe and that many people who are returned to the United States under the Safe Third Country Agreement suffer serious violations of their rights in detention. Given this evidence, the organizations are calling on the government to suspend the agreement. None of the previous court rulings or the upcoming Supreme Court decisions prevent the government from taking immediate steps to hand this harmful agreement. By enforcing the Safe Third Country Agreement, as the agreement applies only to the official ports of entry, many refugees have been forced to cross the border between ports of entry, sometimes in perilous condition. Not only would removing the agreement ensure that Canada respects the Charter and its legal obligations, but it would also allow people to present themselves at the port of entry in an orderly fashion as they would no longer need to enter in an irregular way. At the beginning of December, Pope Francis has visited Greece and Cyprus. As he had done five years earlier, he went to the Greek island of Lesbos which is home to a large refugee camp. 
he gave there a speech in which he spoke harshly against those nations that build walls to prevent the welcoming of refugees instead of promoting reception structures. We thought we should share with you an excerpt from this speech. This is tragic. I remember your last words that Europe might do the same. How many conditions exist that are unworthy of human beings? How many hotspots where migrants and refugees live on the borderline conditions without glimpsing solutions on the horizon? And yet, respect for individuals and for human rights, especially on this continent, which is constantly promoting them worldwide, should always be upheld, and the dignity of each person ought to come before all else. It's distressing to hear of proposals that common funds be used to build walls as a solution bar to build wired fence. Certainly, we can appreciate people's fears and insecurities, the difficulties and dangers involved, and the general sense of fatigue and frustration exacerbated by the economic and pandemic crises. Yet, problems are not resolved, and coexistence improved by building walls, by building wa walls that are higher, but by joining forces to care for others, according to the concrete possibilities of each person, and in respect for the law. Always giving primacy to the inalienable value of the life of every human being. This call by the Pope for collaborative efforts to provide protection and support to refugees and displaced persons is also that of Cardinal Michael Cherney the Undersecretary of the Vatican's Migrant and Refugee Section. The Cardinal, who is also a Jesuit, visited Haas in Canada a few weeks ago, and we had the privilege of speaking with him for a few minutes. We simply asked him some questions concerning the current situation of the reception of refugees throughout the world, and then what could be the course of action that we could do to improve this situation? It is with great joy that I propose to you this conversation that I had with Cardinal Cherney. First of all, Cardinal, thank you so much to take a few times to answer our question and to salute all the friends of GRS Canada. It's a pleasure. Um, last week, you participated in the, the inauguration of, the ex of an uh, exhibition marking the 40 years anniversary of the Jesuit Refugee Service and the Centro Astelli in Rome. On that occasion, you said that in matters of human rights and refugees, we are facing an history that seems to be going backwards. In what way? The history is going backwards in this, in this way, that uh, since World War II, we have um, had a uh, kind of worldwide experience of learning about and uh, trying to implement uh, human rights. And uh, there are many achievements 
that we can point to in which um, progress has really been made in human rights. It's become part of our normal way of speaking and of thinking as Christians also praying. Uh, but in the last, uh, let's say, five to ten years, we have seen a trend uh, that is going backwards, which is to say that some people really do have those human rights and others don't. And so this, um, this instinct now, or this uh, reaction uh, that uh, renders some people unworthy of the, the basic uh, elements of human dignity is a, uh, is a, is a new form of, uh, you could say, of savagery, of uh, anti-civilization, uh, anti yeah. anti-human um, ideology, uh, which unfortunately is promoted not only by uh, extreme voices, but by governments themselves. Yeah. In uh, 1985, in Toronto, you were director of the Jesuit Center for Social Faith and Justice when the Canadian Jesuit Refugee Program was created, which later became GRS Canada. At that time, I found, I found a letter from the director of the Jesuit Center at the time, yourself. Even then, you wrote to friends of the center, the global refugee crisis is so large scale that many of us cannot even imagine understanding it, much less addressing it. 35 years later, what should Canadians know about the global, global refugee situation? Well, I think what I've learned in, in, in the 35 years since then, and especially in the last five years as a uh, undersecretary of the Migrants and Refugees section, is that um, the best way to learn about the global crisis is to get involved and uh, deal with the local. In other words, uh, to, just to talk about the global, it risks very much to be abstract and totally overwhelming. And what doesn't help at all are the numbers, because once you get uh, above uh, five or ten, it's more than most people can even think about. So, uh, I, uh, while I'm happy with what I wrote uh, long ago, <laughs> I would say that the sentences uh, could be e improved even more mm -hmm. by saying that the, the best uh, window on the global refugee crisis is a uh, local window, but an a window of involvement, of encounter, yeah. of, uh, as we say now in the church, of walking with, in other words, synod, that we, we uh, learn locally to walk with the refugee uh, claimants, the refugees and the vulnerable migrants, the victims of human trafficking, learn to walk with them, and then raise our heads and say, okay, what is happening globally, and what difference does that make to what we're trying to do here? But let's begin and be involved in the here and now yeah. and be with the people near us who, who need us. Eminency from uh, the team of GRS Canada and all of the friends of GRS Canada here. Thank you so much for answering our question today. It's a great pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you. To conclude this episode of our podcast, we would like to offer you this message recorded by the country director of GRS Canada, Mr. Norbert Pichet. I would like to mention that a video version is available on our YouTube channel 
at JRS Canada. Here is the recording of this message that he offers you. Hello. Recently, for my wife's birthday, I took her out for the weekend in the heart of Montreal. The first day, we had supper at a nice restaurant. We then went to see a show, and afterwards, we stayed in a beautiful historic hotel. The next day being Sunday, we looked for a church to go to Mass. On our way there on foot, we met several homeless people from the Inu community. There was one woman in particular who caught our eye. Her name was Elizabeth. Elizabeth was not attractive, but she was beautiful. She told us that she had lost her way. Her parents had lived through residential schools. And here she was, living on the streets of Montreal, thousands of miles from home. Elizabeth agreed to pray with us on the street. It was a powerful moment for me because it reminded me of Jesus. Jesus who went to those in need and offered them healing. Healing that went far beyond the physical. But these healings are not just for the homeless of this world. They are also for the so-called healthy of this world, like me. Maybe I need to spend more time with them like Jesus did. Maybe I would learn something about compassion and how to be a true light bearer. At this Christmas time, when we are called to be bearers of light, bearers of hope, let us be guided by Jesus who came to bring light and hope to this world that needs it so much. Happy Holidays.